Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball. I don't believe what I just saw. Basketball. Believe it, Cleveland. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Football. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. Hockey. NASCAR. Green flag waves again at the World Center of Racing. Plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling 773-572-3006. Or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream or computer, or on your smart speaker. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646 876-9923 and enter the pin 287-723-4600 followed by the pound key twice and now your hosts Chris Devon, Perry Lester, Sean Platts, Robert Herrick and Bill Sparks and good Tuesday afternoon it is Tuesday June 27th show number 252 and just so you guys know that uh, for the next two weeks we will be off chris is old he needs to take naps and and rest and and all that stuff so we're going to give him two weeks to do that we'll be back on the 18th and uh i'm sure a lot will happen between now and then but uh sure did last year yeah speaking of uh today i'm sure we have a lot going on today a lot of baseball i bet you we do well you know the thing is and sean's got a birthday so everybody wish uh, sean a birthday uh, yes. two weeks from today john july 11th sean's birthday so people can uh, uh, think about that and wish him a happy birthday so for the agenda today we have our golf result and our nascar results then we go on to baseball and we're starting with baseball this week because we're going to start with the uh, championship awarded in omaha last night so we'll talk about that at regular mlb stuff then we'll go to the nba there were a few moves made and uh, there'll be even more by the time we come back. We'll have a lot to talk about then. Then the NHL, we have uh, Hall of Famers and awards we're giving out. College sports, a couple of notes. NFL, uh, something you know, really, one franchise being pretty dumb. And uh, the media. And uh, we, we may get to do some media stuff. And I hope we do, because there's a couple other topics we might get to if we have time at the end of that. But for golf, Keegan Bradley won the uh, Travelers Championship at Cromwell, Connecticut, which is like 12 miles from Hartford. He's from Vermont, so he's kind of used to playing here in New England. 23 under. And, of course, this is the week the week after a major a lot of times you don't have the full uh you know all the all the stars but keegan bradley was able to get a tournament win and you know good for him ross chastain won the allied 400 in nashville and uh and then i miss a tells me that marvin truax is uh leading the uh martin truax i should say is leading the uh the cup standings right now so anyway going to baseball and right off the bat uh we had we did not have a scintillating game last night for the finals now, last week, we were listening to Perry and Sean and Pierre talk about how difficult it would be for LSU to win the title. So LSU won the title. And 18-4, uh, to 4, they beat Florida. So, And that's their seventh title. And the first one in 2009. So what do you guys, uh, especially and would Pierre? You, and would you consider, uh, you know, Chris, 18-4, to 4, they won last night. They got bombed on Sunday. 24 to 4 and then on Saturday night yeah. LSU won 4 to 3 in 11 inning so they had to play some extra inning but uh here uh this is your team so come on in and uh, tell us about LSU then you got to tell us about the jello shot yeah and I got to give Pierre his uh, permission to unmute there you go Pierre so but yes this uh, is their 7th in 2009 go ahead Pierre there he is yeah payback was weak that's yeah. all I can say you know that 20, I'll take our 18 over their 24 anytime. Yeah. <laughs> but no, now, uh, now, Pierre, I told you yesterday, remember on uh, on the Monday lunch uh, bunch, I told you they were going to win. Right. But uh, in, in the middle of the season, 
LSU's bullpens was loud. They were right. I mean, they had just, uh, you know, said that uh, besides Paul Gein, there was no one else. Uh, but all of a sudden, during this play, during the playoff, they came to life, and the bullpen is, is actually what won the, the, the games. Paul Gein pitch, you know, your pitcher can only pitch one game. You, you, you're ace, and then after that, but uh, they really made a showing. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so yeah, they did. the two championships for them, and uh, what were you telling us earlier, Pierre? The uh, they're challenging the coach of the women's team and the coach of the men's team, challenging the football coach yeah. uh, to do yeah. the same thing, right? Right. Kim Mulkey and Jay Johnson has uh, challenged uh, the football coach. He's, he's second year too, so they have challenged him to win a national championship. Okay, well, we'll see what happens. Well, I thought I thought it was a very good. College World Series overall. I thought it was very, I mean, except uh, those last two games were blowout. But every game was within, I mean, was down to pretty much the last inning or two. Even the two or three, uh, I mean, there was a two-run victory and a three-run victory. But other than that, there were all one-run victories. It was all down to the end. I mean, LSU now gets their seventh championship behind, uh, five behind USC. USC has the lead. Texas is in third with six uh, championships. Was it their first championship since 09? And yeah. then there's a bunch, there's a bunch behind Texas that are a couple behind Texas, but this is like the fourth year in a row the SEC's won it, and six years in a row they've had at least one te- third Miss, year. I thought it was yeah, oh, yeah. LSU this year, oh, yeah. Ole Miss last year, Mississippi State. The year before. Okay. So obviously, and then, but obviously like Pierre, a, I'd have been yeah. happy. Hold on. I'd have been happy with those two, and then Pierre happy this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they've been in the SEC's had teams in the finals, what, the last six years? I mean, so it. Yeah. I mean, they've they generally take, it's do gonna, almost every year. Yeah. It's going to be hard, I think, for a team to win like what USC did with 12 now because college baseball has benefited with the minor league reduction, the draft reduction, and the major league, they're looking at players coming out of college because they can develop them, and those players are going, especially now with NIL, they can go down. They don't have to make a low amount. On I mean, it is a little more than $1,400 a season now, but it's not a whole lot more. They can make more on the NIL and then come in and maybe start in high A ball or double A ball, but I mean, I thought it was very good, and the crowd was really into it. And as we mentioned, yes, the jello shot situation. All right. LSU, as Pierre said, sold what they do, Rocco's Pizza in Omaha. It's a pizza place. They do this every year. They sell jello shots at five dollars a jello shot and it and the winning team and it all goes to the Omaha, the food bank and some other stuff. And so you buy it representing your team. And so the winning team at the end Gets the title. LSU sold over sixty-eight thousand Jello shots. Eight thousand eight hundred eighty-eight were bought by an attorney, and six thousand by the Raising Cane's owner. But uh, all the others were bought mostly by individuals. The closest to them was eight thousand Jello shots by TCU. So the Christians beat Tennessee and Florida in the Jello shots, you know. <laughs> but uh, you know, so that's the big winner. LSU won, and I mean, I knew y'all Cajuns could drink, but man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm telling you All what right. I tell you what uh, made uh, uh, college baseball what it is now is the portal. Paul yep. Skeen came from the portal. Mm-hmm. Just about everybody on that LSU team came from the portal. There's a reason, yep. Pierre, that that Jay Johnson said he is the portal king. Yes. Yep. And you and you know another yep. thing with college baseball before we get into major league baseball here, um, Carl Ravitch was doing the games for ESPN and he was on with. Uh, Chris Russo yesterday, he said the college game and the major league game 
are way different because he said he did the Sunday night game between the Astros and the Dodgers. They went 11 innings and played right about three hours. Saturday night, LSU and Florida played the same amount of innings, but the game was way longer. So oh, yeah. he said, Four I don't hours. know. Yeah, he said, I don't know what college, you know, college probably need to about do this. And they do, and they do have a 20 second pit clock in college. So, yeah, yeah. But, but they, but college need to get rid of that ship. I wish they would get I rid do of too. I do too, Pierre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pierre, the do you ratings want, were yeah, up. Hold on, John. Pierre, do you want to allow uh, the ghost runner and extra innings in college? No. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. I kind of wish I don't. I don't care for that. Is it? I. I'm. If you get to the thirteenth or fourteenth or you know whatever, I'm okay with doing it. Not. Not the tenth. Let it play a little bit. Okay. So getting the major leagues, we have some deals being made uh, already, and we've been having a discussion here, and you know, it'll be, and we'll have even more when we get back in, on July eighteenth about who's going to be selling, who's going to be buying. Well, the Angels are buying Eduardo Escobar, uh, the third baseman from the Mets to the Angels. For true for two prospects from Double A, and Francisco and Lindor had, did not like that deal. He he, that was one of his friends. He did not like that. Okay, deal. and they already had Brett Beatty playing third base, so this made sense for the Mets. You know, it's not really the exactly that they're selling. Although Steve Cohen apparently is going to have a press conference tomorrow, and we will find out what he thinks is the matter with the Mets. And yeah, you, he says you will hear directly from him. So. And also the reason that, that the Angels made that move with Anthony Rendon is going to be out for most of the rest of the year. So, And they also picked up Mike, Mike Moustakas from Colorado uh, for, again, two, a couple more prospects. Oh, you're talking uh, about they, a bad team. <laughs> yeah. And Well, they beat the Red Sox two out of three, but what does that prove? And uh, apparently they're trying to show Otani that they mean business about winning, but, you know, we'll see how that works. That Rendon and, contract, the Anthony Rendon that they, that mm-hmm. they signed, I believe, in 2020, Boy, that contract has not. I mean, no. it's injuries. I get it, but that contract has not lived up to any amount of the value of it. No. And I don't. You know, I, many. It's human nature. But if you're injured and you already have your 10-year contract or whatever, how hard are you going to work to get back? I mean, there's just a, will you put in a little extra? Whereas if you're still trying to earn your contract, it's human right. nature. It's human nature. Uh, Go ahead, Robert. Yeah, it's uh, the original deal was seven years, two forty-five. Does okay. not look good right now. No. Well, the guy who looks good is Ellie De La Cruz, and he went for the cycle for the Reds on Friday night. The first cycle, cycle for them since Eric Davis on June 2nd of 1989, and he did it the hard way. Uh, he got a triple to end the cycle. And, and right now the Reds are in a, in a position where, and we were just talking about it before the show, this is where a young team has to sort of regroup. They've got their 12 wins in a row. They lost a couple tough games to the Braves. The Orioles blew them out last night. You know, you've got to at least take one in Baltimore, who's also a good team and a good young team that's one year further down the path. You know, they 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 had a good season last year, even though they didn't make the playoffs. So, as a young team, you need the psychology of getting a couple of wins on the road against a tough team, or else if you you turn around and look at all the Pirates at the beginning of the year, and now they're back where everybody expected them to be. So, you kind of need to to watch out if you're Cincinnati right now. I thought so. on Friday. I don't know, Bill and, and Jennifer, what you guys thought. I thought that was going to be a tough game on Friday when you spotted the Braves, a 5 nothing lead. Well, it came back in, in and the then had inning? to hold on, yeah, and they held on. That's the night that Keith Cruz hit for the cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was 11-10. to 10. I mean, that was a— Well, that, because that was the bullpen didn't hold on so well. But still, they won that game, and the Braves are probably the best team in the National League right yeah. now. I think they are. Right and, now. And, you know, and here's the thing. The Braves, what ought to really scare a lot of people in the National League, they are a very young team, too. 
Yes. And they've got their players, most of them signed a long-term yes, contract. Yes, they do. Yes, they, so, they, they did it right away when they when those guys came up and they knew they, they or, you know, they figured they were going to be good. The Brave got them signed up at team-friendly deal for a yep. long time. Remember, Cruz is going to screw up a little bit. I mean, he's going to have his down cycles, too, because he's going to have to adjust to how they pitched him the second time around, but he he probably will, and the Reds have got yeah. more talent coming. But if they don't get any pitching coming, you're going to see a lot of 11 to 10 games. Like Brantley said on Friday, Bill, he said he the pitchers will adjust to him, then he's going to have to adjust right back to them. Yep. He said that's, that's the, right. the process. That so Aaron Judge is adjusting to life uh, as an injured player. He, uh, of course, turns out he has torn ligament in his big toe from that uh, accident when he was in Dodger Stadium. He's been out since June 3rd. He says uh, that nobody's talking about, uh, there's no timetable for his return, but nobody's talking about surgery. And, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. The Yankees lineup looks anemic without him. It, you know, when the Red Sox beat them five out of six, it was really noticeable the judge wasn't there. I mean, got a couple of guys, but some of them aren't really producing, you know, and it, 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 they need him. He's very important to that lineup. And and defensively too, he's good outfielder. That's so, that's correct. You know, it's going to be tough for the Yankees until he comes back. Uh, well, they Freddie do play Freeman, the A's this week. Yeah. Well, that'll help. Yeah, this week yeah, they play. Yeah, help. that's right. That's who they're playing next. Freddie Freeman joined the 2000 Hit Club on Sunday night, so that's pretty good. Uh, MLB attendance is up 7.8 percent this year, and again, a lot of the people think it's because of the pace of play and the uh, mm-hmm. new young stars. And you know, I think people are getting used to the idea that they can go to a game and it can be over two to two and a half hours. And, uh, you know, like college baseball needs to like the shift and, and uh, really enforce the 20 seconds. Because after all, if, if the guys are staying in college longer, make it a little more like the pros and get them used to it. Get them, get them ready. You know, why not? So any other MLB? Oh, I did want to mention the Red Sox coming up. They've got now this wasn't supposed to be a super tough part of the schedule. You knew Toronto was going to be good. But Miami, of course, one of the big surprises in the National League. And they're uh, right there with the Dodgers and, and uh, Giants of the three wildcard spots and, and quite a gap before the next teams in the wildcard race. So the Red Sox are playing three against Miami here. Then they go to Toronto. Now they beat Toronto four in a row here, but it's a whole different story playing up there. And then they play Texas coming in here over the 4th of July, 4th, 5th, and 6th. I think we'll know a lot more. And then they play the A's before the All-Star break. But I think before we get to the A's, that's nine games. They got to win at least four or five and i'm not trying to be over ambitious you know with these because these are three uh, three good teams but if you don't win four or five if you go two three and six two and seven you really do have to start thinking about selling i think you do i i did hit your button gina so while we're waiting for gina to come in i do have two notes here of course we had the london series this weekend cup cardinals it was a split hopefully uh Hopefully the Cubs did not lose Marcus Stroman though. He had a he had to leave the game on Sunday with a blister, and as we well know, those blisters can they they can heal quickly or they can last a long time. So it'll you know what happens. But the fans over there really responded well to Major they League did. Baseball, and uh, the, like I say, the team split. And also a theory on the new rules, and people were you know why aren't Scherzer and Verlander and some of the veteran pitchers doing better? And here's what I have read: apparently uh, they're not adjusting as well to the new rules as the younger pitchers are. Now some of the older pitchers are. I mean you you have guys like Kyle Hendricks with the Cubs. Kyle Hendricks had worked fast his whole career, so this isn't new to him. But those guys have not worked it that fast. So to them, it certainly is new. Gina, are you ready? I am here. Can you hear there, me? There, I, I hear you just fine. Go right ahead. Well, what? Um, I just want to let you know, I saw it on the news this afternoon that Chris Lexon has been DFA'd from the Mariners. And he is a 
He's a pitcher. Okay. okay. He started All out right. in 2021. He did really well. And so they moved him up to starting lineup. And he did, uh, well, not as good in 2022, but still, uh, okay. And then this year, I guess he's really been struggling. So they've DFA'd him, which means they could either trade him, release him, or, um, I don't know, put it down the minor leagues. I'd like to see them send them down to, to the Tacoma Rainiers or something like that and let them work with him. And bring it back. Would you, if he was good before, he could be good again. Mm-hmm. What would you say is the problem with the Mariners? You know, we've kind of looked, and the, the Mariners and Padres are in the same boat. They were in the playoffs last year. They're just hanging around under 500. They're, uh, you know, not uh, really uh, seeming to get it done. What What do you think the Mariners' problem is this year? I don't know. <laughs> From what I was hearing, Gina, it sounds like we go through this every year. Mm-hmm. From know, what I hear, Gina, it sounds happen. like it sounds like their problem is more offense with the Mariners than the pitching in totality. Okay. Yeah. All I know is All for right. some reason we do better the after the All Star game. So we'll see. <laughs> well, All we're right. getting well, there. Coming up. We're coming up. There. All right. Okay, Gina. All right. Uh, so any more baseball before we go to the NBA? Uh, of course, Ronald Acuna Jr. is in to the All Star game, and so it so is Shohei Otani. And now round two for more players to get voted in. That is underway now. Round two of the voting. It started, I believe, yesterday. But okay. Acuna is in, and Otani is in. All right. Okay. So the NBA, we had the draft last week. and uh, Christmas Day. Christmas Day for <laughs> San Antonio. They picked up Victor Wimbanyama. Wimbanyama. Wimban, Wimban, I will learn how to say this. I certainly will. We all will. Everybody's going to say Wimby, I guess. Huh? Yeah. Although that sounds a little wimpy, actually. Wimbanyama, yes. I think, is better. And uh, so we'll see. You know, there's people who think he's the next... Uh, you know, whatever, LeBron or something. There's other people who think he might be the next Manu Ball. So we'll just find out. And uh, number two in Charlotte was Brandon Miller from, uh, he's a uh, forward and he's from Alabama. He's the one, remember, Chris, that we've talked about him before. He's the one that had that case, you know, where the woman was shot, somebody else oh, did yeah. it, but uh, that that's the same player, so just so people we'll know see. that. Number three is Scott Henderson, uh, Scoot Henderson from Port- going to Portland. He's a guard from the G League. And then four, we have twins. We have Eamon Thompson and uh, from o- o- Overtime Elite and Detroit. Uh, that was He was taken by Houston, and Osar Thompson was Overtime Elite also. So uh, that's uh, you know, and I guess that's sort of like a G League team. I had never well, heard of them, but uh, yeah, what over what overtime elite is? It's tied in with the G League. All right, G League Ignite is where a, t- a player who's already out of high school, you go for one year and you play out of that team. Overtime elite, they play in the G League also, but this is like if you want to forgo your junior, senior, or high school, you get paid. You're taking high, you're getting your high school accreditation, but you play for that two years. And so the G League has 31 teams. They have 29 of the 30 NBA teams. Everybody except Phoenix has a, has a G League affiliate. Then they have G League Ignite and Overtime Elite. The Overtime Elite and G League Ignite are playing against those 29 G League affiliates of the NBA team. Okay. All right. So the Celtics acquired Kristaps Porzingis uh, from the center from Washington three team trade, and they sent Marcus Smart to Memphis. Now, this is an interesting one because I thought, and I really did feel, they needed to change the basic makeup of the team after coming so close the last two years, you know, making the finals and then, you know, seventh game loss in the uh, conference finals. And Smart has been overly influential on this team. He's not, he's the third best player, if that, maybe the fourth best player, if you think Robert Williams might be better than him. And, you know, you, you just, he, they, they defer to him. They said, you know, uh, Joe Mazzula, when he was asked, 
uh, about Jalen Brown maybe playing um, Harden against six. Well, we'll see what Marcus thinks about it. I mean, you can't be doing that. So you can't be saying that out loud, even if you do think that. So, and this could be a good thing for uh, John Moran. Maybe this guy can get to him a little bit. He is not a choir boy. Marcus Smart is not, but he's grown up a little bit. He's not doing as many technical stuff like that. So maybe he can get him to listen a little bit. So right. and not just him. Not just him, the whole the whole thing in Memphis with all of them. You know they've had they've had other issues in Memphis, so maybe he can kind of clean that locker room up. I think I think it's good for that. I think that part is good now. Porzingis, like that, he's hurt, so yeah. you're gonna you're gonna be you're gonna be complaining a bunch about oh he's hurt again. Now he did play more with Washington than he did with New York and Dallas. Yeah, he's missed 237 games in eight years. So that's, you know, like three years out of eight, you know, basically. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they say if you get 65 games, well, Robert Williams has been hurt. Uh, Al Horford has to be has to do load management. So you got like a three-headed monster, and you just try to get two of them on the court at the same time, I guess. And Washington gets uh, Mike Muscala and uh, Danilo Gallinari's rights, and I think they're going to let him go. I heard that today. So he's going to be out in the, for the free agent. Tyus Jones, the point guard, went from Memphis to, to Washington. And he's a younger player, so he'll probably stay. And then uh, they all kinds of pack, uh, you know pick swaps went back and forth. Uh, they also figure Grant Williams will be leaving uh, the Celtics after this. And uh, uh, let's see. And Smart, could, as I said, Smart could help uh, with this. Bruce Brown has opted out with Denver, so he's a uh, uh, an unrestricted, I guess, free agent. I think. Yes. Yeah. And also, uh, so did uh, Chris Middleton. But people think that he's going to sign, resign with Milwaukee anyway. That's a rumor. And. Yeah. Uh, and then Washington sent Chris Paul to Golden State for uh, Jordan Poole and some draft picks being swapped back and forth between the teams, ones and twos and so forth. So what do you think, Robert, about, uh, you know, uh, Poole going and Paul coming? Well, I, I think Jordan, uh, well, the Warriors made it very clear uh, by the way he was using the playoff that Jordan Poole's days were numbered and uh, uh, they were hoping finding to take his uh, new contract will begin on Saturday, by the way, four years, $140 million. And Washington gladly took that in exchange for a 38-year-old Chris Paul. Now, I'm, I'm concerned about this to a degree, but I heard today that Chris told the Warriors he would be happy to be a sick man and come off the bench and be a, a, a leader for the second unit. And he, I guess him and Curry have talked, and uh, they both agreed on how this is going to work. So we'll see. But I, I the fact that he's 38 years old, he's another one that's always hurt. That does concern me, but... I, from my understanding, this was their only way of – it was either getting Chris Paul to uh, uh, come to the Warriors or Marcus Mark was supposed to be a Warrior because apparently the Celtics were interested in George Paul. So uh, the Warriors decided to take the Washington deal instead of the Boston deal, and I'm not sure what the Boston deal included, but uh, those two teams were interested in taking his contract. My uh, famous last Ed. words, I'm actually glad that uh, Brogdon is staying and, Mar- and Marcus Smart is going, because in the original Porzingis deal, it was supposed to be the, you know, Brogdon was going to go. So I'm glad it was actually Marcus Smart, because I think there's too much influence on the team. Does this have any effect, uh, Robert, on Draymond Green? Do they think it might uh, influence yeah, uh, him to this, come back or not? This is supposed to improve his uh, chances on coming back, because obviously his pull got into the famous fight in training yeah. camp. Uh, but I, I am I am one of the few Warriors fans that would like to see Draymond Green go play somewhere else. I, I just think it's time for that ship to leave town. But uh, I'm in the I'm in the minority. People are. Uh, it looks like he's going to come back. So I also heard a rumor, Robert, that he might be interested in Miami. Uh, well, uh, I can give you the list of teams. Miami is included. Miami, Detroit, and Sacramento are the leading candidates to take his hmm. services if he does not go back to Golden State. Sacramento, Sacramento yeah. would surprise me because that's a that's a pretty young team that seemed pretty well set. I, that one wouldn't make a lot of sense. 
Well, Perry, the, remember I told, uh, I said this on a previous show, the rumor going around here is uh, Green will go to Sacramento and Harrison Barnes would come back to the Warriors. Okay. So, yeah, those two don't get along. I can't, I can't see them on a team together because we all know their, their history. And, you know, also, if you look at part of this trade and this deal, basically, I mean, <laughs> going back to Washington, they gave up Bradley Beal for Jordan Poole. If you look at it that way, they gave up Bradley Beal for Jordan Poole. I mean, Bradley Beal going to go help Phoenix. And then now that brings up for Phoenix, what do they do with, De- with DeAndre Ayton? Does DeAndre Ayton stay or what does he, you know, does he, because I've heard he, he may be okay with being the fourth player on the team. If he does that, he can do it. But if he's not, then, you know, we'll yeah. see. And then, and the Miami deal also goes down to like with Draymond going to Miami, it goes down to, uh, Possibly, you know, whatever Portland does with Damian Lillard, yeah. if they just if he decides, hey, we can work because the Lillard stuff, you're not hearing, you're not hearing anything behind the scenes with Lillard. You're hearing just he he might want to try to work it out, but he also wants to see you know what's out there and do they want to trade him before he gets too valuable. He's handling it a lot different, so that's that's where that Draymond deal is like. What's going to happen with Lillard in the next few days? Well, the the only thing I've heard about Lillard, Sean, if he says if he goes anywhere, it will be the South Beach and nowhere else. That's what I've heard, yeah. So the Knicks are not – oh, go ahead, Rupert Perry. Real quick on the draft. Um, The NBA, it may be one of the worst-run drafts that there are. I mean, this guy, Bill, that you guys drafted with the Pacers at the seventh pick that they traded to Dallas, he was on ESPN Radio (laughs) doing an interview right after he was drafted, and uh, he was saying how great the Pacers were. He was looking so forward to the Pacers and uh, Alan Hahn. Who, I mean, in all honesty, you know, he's doing his job, but I felt kind of bad for him because, oh, by the way, you've just been traded to Dallas. So it's like, yep. can we, you know, make, make it easier? Yeah, make it make it easier on the players and the people having to do these interviews. Yeah, because no, I'm sure NFL, I'm sure that put happened. them both. Yeah, I'm sure that put them both in a dip. Gosh, do I tell him or do I let him wait? You know, it put them both in a difficult position. Yeah, and oh, yeah, the NFL, because, what they do well, is they say, you'll you'll hear, well, we have a trade, there's a trade coming up, and Philadelphia is uh, not going to pick now, and that pick is moving to, da- you know, to right. whoever. And then they pick, and they're picking their player when they pick them, you know? Yep. Go ahead, Sean. No, I, Chris said what I was going to say, but yeah, it is. It's ridiculous, because the biggest one that I remember it happening was Chris Webber, when Golden said, when they had, Orlando had to pick him, and Shaq was like, wait a minute, I thought we were getting Penny, and then, of course, you find out, okay, Golden State, you know, Chris Webber going to Golden State, the Golden State picking Penny Hardaway, and then they're trading back and forth, instead of what you do, the way the NFL does it, like I said, they say, uh, a trade has been made, now so-and-so has five minutes on the clock, or they have right. ten minutes, yeah. but it yeah. should be five, but I mean, it is very Poorly, poorly run as far as that. Yes. Then they take like three minutes after they have the pick. They still take another three minutes to get up there. You know, yeah, they do. So the Knicks are not picking up the option on uh, Derek uh, Rose's fifteen point six million go- uh, team option. I didn't even realize he had such a. I didn't I didn't still, has he been playing much? I don't even remember noticing. No, no. He, no he didn't play much last year at all. No, so they're getting no. open to that. He'll be a free agent for whoever wants him, and then. Uh, John Collins was traded from Atlanta to Utah for Rudy Gay and a second round going back uh, to Atlanta. And uh, and so for and uh, Sean found out an interesting thing that the uh, order for teams in the people in the league now, of course, the most players are from the USA, then Canada, then it goes France, then uh, Serbia and then probably Germany, we think is probably. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, they're fifth. 
yeah. So that's that's kind of interesting. There's quite a drop off from the USA even to Canada, but still, you know. And you do have your unusual one from some of the African countries and this and that, but those are the main countries. So. And by the way, and by the way, uh, Wimby, speaking of France, is not going to play in the FIBA World Cup for the French national team. He's coming to the summer league, which I think that might have been an NBA and Spurs influence. And you know, they so. wanted him there. They wanted him there, but I think because yeah, the Spurs alone have had seven players from France, and you you got guys like I mean that French team, Rudy Gobert for the right. national team, but he is going to play for the Olympics for the French team. But he wants to work and get ready, and you know, well, they need to put some weight on him, as my wife says. He looks like a skeleton. And, and of course, Chris, remember uh, when you talk about Chris Weber, if you're a college basketball fan, Chris, Chris Weber, he had the extra timeout. That's correct. <laughs> oh, you remember that. that's right. I Boy, remember that. that. Yes, you remember that, Jenny. Yes, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Okay. So what we'll have while we're uh, on hiatus for three weeks, we will have the NBA free agency. We'll be hitting hot and heavy. So we should have a, a full roster of stuff to talk about when we get back on July 18th. Yeah. Any more NBA stuff for now? No, it's about nap time. No, okay, not. hockey. All right, we have the Hall of Famers uh, going in. Robert, if you have any comments on any of these people and also the awards uh, this year, we got them. I went in the Globe and was able to get those. Okay. So the Hall of Famers, and it doesn't. How long is it, Robert? In other sports, you have to be retired five years. What is it about ten minutes in hockey that you retired no, and then believe, you get to be Hall of Famer? I believe it's a three year. Uh, yeah, three years. Very, so Henrik Henrik Lindquist from the the goalie from the Rangers got in. Tom Barrasso also a goalie, yep. and Mike Vernon of uh, yep. mostly of the Flames, I think. Uh, Center. Red Wings. Uh, yeah, that's and, right. Uh, Red Wings, too. And Lundquist was the only one that got in on his first year of eligibility. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Pierre Turgeon was the center. And the Canadian women's uh, star, uh, Carolyn Willette. And then Coach Ken Hitchcock and uh, and uh, Pierre Lacroix as an executive. He was a, he, uh, helped develop. He uh, gets uh, passed on. He uh, developed the 1996 and 2001 uh, uh, championship teams for Colorado. And, of course, brought Ray Bork over to get that 2001 championship. So, and uh, then we move on to the award. Bruins did very well. We'll save them uh, best for last because they had a whole separate article in the Globe. Connor McDavid won the, uh, the his third Hart Trophy, which is for the MVP. And uh, in uh, one voter picked David Pasternak. And Goofy Sports Hub said David Pasternak finished second. Yeah, well, you know, about 195 votes behind. Yeah. But anyway, uh, and and he also won the Ted Lindsay Award, which is voted by the rest of the players as the most outstanding player. So right. he had, of course, a great uh, year. And he won uh, that third Yes, he has, and he's he's won uh, the heart in 2017 and 21 as well. Eric Carlson from San Jose won the Norris Trophy for the top defenseman, and uh, they say he liked to play for a contender. How come they've never dealt him, uh, Robert? Uh, because of his salary, uh, Chris. Uh, nobody wants to take on that, that contract. Uh, and he finally proved this year he could stay healthy. The problem with Eric Carlson, he's a tremendous hockey player, but he's always been very injury prone. But this year, he was able to stay healthy. And I know, I would hate to see him leave, but I know the reality uh, for my team is he's eventually going to be dealt. Yeah. The only way the only way you're going to be able to deal him is he has to prove to everybody else around the league that he's going to be available and play on a consistent basis before somebody's willing to gamble on that contract. Quite mm-hmm. quite large. Okay, Matty Beniers of, of uh, Seattle won the uh, Calder Trophy for the Rookie of the Year, and I may have that pronunciation wrong, but he is from Hingham, Massachusetts. I think you're close. Okay, well, we'll find out. As he becomes more uh, famous, we'll know. Anze Kovatar won the uh, the Bing Trophy. He's from the Kings. Yep. And that's, of course, the most gentlemanly player. Stephen uh, Stamkos won the Marc Messier uh, Leadership Award, and, and uh, uh, I guess uh, for uh, 
Uh, I'm, I'm not particularly sure what that in, involves, maybe community uh, activity and stuff? Uh, yeah, charity, community activity, things like that. Mm -hmm. Chris Letang won the Bill Masterton Award for Perseverance. Remember, he's the guy who had the stroke in, at the end of November and came back and was able to play for the Penguins. That's correct. And then uh, the Bruins that won, uh, Patrice Bergeron won the Selkie Award again for the sixth time, as most, the best defensive player as a forward. And will he be back? Well, Harry, I mean, yeah, Harry said it, sure. Uh, Cam Neely and Don Sweeney were talking today. I guess it was Don that was speaking. He said they're planning on he and Krejci not being back, uh, but uh, and they, but they, they'll make room for them if they come back. They'd have to take reduced deals, I guess is what that means. Yeah, yeah. So I don't really know if they're coming back or the not. The Bruins are kind of an accelerator cap man. That's why they made the trade yesterday. Right, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Linus Olmark won the Vezina Trophy. And uh, we knew that was going to happen. And uh, Jim Montgomery won the uh, Coach of the Year Award. Yeah, and then the Jack Adams Award. And that's right, former, I think, Bruins. No, he might have been the uh, Red Wings owner. And uh, then we also had in the NHL, uh, uh, let's see, we had, uh, I'm looking for the trade. Well, anyway, the Bruins, I, I know uh, what it was. The, the Bruins traded um, Taylor Hall and uh, Nick Foligno to the Blackhawks for two young defensemen. They're probably uh, minor leaguers. That is uh, correct. And, uh, you know, so they'll, they'll, we'll see if they ever uh, play. And then uh, they, they got uh, – they also the, – uh, there was another trade today, the Flyers. And this sounds kind of crazy. They traded their second uh, scoring, scorer, Kevin Hayes, to the Blues. But all they got back was a sixth-round draft choice. Again, it's because of the cap, Chris. Uh, when, you see, when you see a player traded just for draft choices, it's mainly to get rid of some salary. Yeah. Uh, and St. Louis was interested in his salary, and Philadelphia needed to get rid of it. And remember, the draft is tomorrow night. Is round one is Wednesday, and round two is seven is on Thursday. So okay. And then the free agency begins for the NHL at 12 p.m. Uh, Eastern time on Saturday, July 1st. And they're not like the NBA, where the NBA has a, a uh, cooling off period or signing or whatever it is. When you when it comes to the NHL, once free agency starts, uh, if that's when the Philly begins, and you'll see actual deals go down. So That's right. And they managed to put it on the 4th of July weekend so nobody can pay attention to it. That is correct. Yeah, very it's good idea. <laughs> okay. So we have one franchise in the NFL that is really being dumb, and that is the Buffalo Bill. They have built a new stadium. Or they're building a new stadium. They're building stadium. They will. And it's going to have 60,000 seats. And you say, well, that's nice. Except they have 63,000 season ticket holders. So what are they going to do with those other 3,000 season ticket holders? Now, I understand that basically with club seats and things like that and the prices, that maybe you don't need as many seats and you want sight lines and this and that. You certainly see that in baseball. But this is really ridiculous. I, I don't know what the plan, if any, there is to that. There's huh? 65,000. What's up with, why not put 65,000? I mean, they could, if you have 63,000 and I mean, yeah, what are they going to do about that? And they're making it an outdoor stadium. So yeah, which I've had a thing about that too. Why not make it a retractable roof stadium? But you know, they well, want the, Buffalo, they want the frozen think, tundra. Yeah. They want the frozen tundra. You get the dolphins up there, you know, and the, and the team's coming in, uh, you know, for playoff games and stuff. Uh, that's kind of what you want. If you're yep. that's a home yep. field advantage. And uh, you know, a lot of the teams in the North green Bay is not ever going to do that. It's not going to happen here. Or anything in New York, New Jersey. So yeah, I don't think it will. I look at it. I look at it for other like other events, like a Final Four or regional or some boxing or just wherever you can get those other events. I guess that's what I'm looking at it as to economize, you know, to economize or profitize the stadium a bit. I think know? that what's happening though is sometimes these people are paying too much attention to the club seats and the corporate. This is a mess, and they lose track of uh, like somebody need to be able yeah. to count 63 as opposed to 60. I mean, come yeah. on, guys, this is not rocket science. You're gonna upset. You're gonna upset fans when you really don't need. Yeah, no, 
so maybe they can re- refit it and uh, you know change it. I mean, look at look at the uh, drawing board for the A's. They've been changing the size of the stadium because of the amount of money they were going to get. So maybe since it's not built, they can you know take a few parking spots away and make the people uh, who do get the season ticket back come on the bus. I don't know. Anyway, all right. So uh, and anything else in the NFL before we move to college sports quickly? Training camps like are about a month away, so they are. like the NFL. They're about a month away, so. Yeah, but when we come back, they will. Yep. Yep. Uh, update on hard knocks a little bit. Looks like the Jets are preparing like it's gonna. they're going to be the team even though they don't want it. So you all know they want Aaron Rodgers on yep. there. And the Jets, Commanders, Saints, and Bears are the four eligible teams because they have rules where if you get a new coach or if you've been on the last two years or if you've been in the playoffs, you're ineligible for it, and you're not allowed to turn it down, but they've been trying to – the Jets have been trying to fight it, and they're like, no, the NFL – the inside, you know, the NFL films people want it, and the HBO wants it, or the hard knock on HBO, and the NFL yep. wants it because they want to see what Aaron's going to do. Yep, so, so. You know, I think it would be great. Yep. <laughs> All right, Penny Hardaway, we mentioned him earlier. He's been suspended by the NCAA for three games as a, a Memphis uh, head coach for uh, recruiting recruiting violations, but they mustn't be too bad. It's only three games, so it can't be too much. And uh, West Virginia named their new head coach to replace Bob Huggins and it's, uh, Josh Eisler. He's their inter- uh, probably a, an assistant there, and they yeah, he is. Him as a, yeah. I guess as an interim now. So now we have a few media items we can go through and talk about. And uh, the first one is we've got changes on the ESPN morning show. I don't know when they take effect. Maybe it's uh, around the 4th of July. We've got Keyshawn and the Jay Will and... Uh, uh, and Back. Mac morning show. Uh, they are. Uh, it's been canceled from ESPN Radio and ESPN Two. And do we have any idea what's replacing it or, or what? And what's no, up with these uh, different people? Not, not right now. Max Kellerman has been doing the show by himself, and he's still calling it Keyshawn J Will and Mac. They have not changed the name of it, but on the promos, he keeps saying, "And I'm doing this." I don't think they know personally. ESPN Radio, they just need to revamp all that. And I've heard what I would do, I'd make a sports center on ESPN, too, because on regular ESPN, you have Get Up. What I do is I'd either do podcasts during the day or do sports center, or I would just simulcast Get Up, uh, Stephen A. Smith, and when Pat McAfee comes on, simulcast that sort of the way the other network do, run them. And then Greenberg, he doesn't have to worry about not showing up for his uh, ESPN radio show because he shows up for Get Up. And even when he doesn't, the other hosts are there. Just, just run that and tell the radio affiliates, hey, you can dump out and do whatever, but we'll have this. If you, if you need filler programming, we'll just run these off a of regular ESPN instead of doing it. Because basically Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max were competing against their big show uh, you know, on TV and then on radio. They were running, but they were competing against a lot of local, a lot of local hosts. So, yeah. yeah. So they think that Keyshawn might go in and work with Skip Bayless now that Shannon Sharp's not there. That's a rumor, but he had he just signed a what an eighteen million dollar contract recently. But he can be bought out, especially Disney right. with you know all the layoffs that Disney's been doing and will do again. You know they yeah he can be bought out. Of <clears throat> and Derek Jeter has joined the Fox crew as a studio host, I guess. And of course they all went over to to London for the Cubs Cardinals, and uh, that was that was good. And uh, Derek Jeter uh, was given a uh, Red Sox. Uh, uh, a shirt with uh, his number two and uh, his name on it uh, by Big Poppy. So that, that was his birthday present for from Big Poppy. Yep. So there you go. Uh, and uh, let's see. Tiki Barber will work with uh, Evan Roberts uh, in the afternoons on WFAN. And Sal Licata will do the middays with uh, uh, Brandon uh, Tierney. And uh, that means that, uh, uh, what's his name, will be gone. Uh, uh, Carton. Uh, Carton. Craig Carton. Yeah. Greg, Craig Carton will be gone uh, over exclusively to Fox. 
Yeah, that happens Friday. His last day is Friday, but I think it's a short show because I think the Yankees might have a doubleheader or an early game or something because they said they're only going to have an hour on Friday. And he's he's doing a 7 a.m. show on Fox Sports 1, and he's having to get up at 2.30 in the morning and then do that show, and then he's staying around till 6.30 at night. So he wants to... Remember, he was the one that was arrested during the commercial break. Him and Boomer yes. on the fan, and he he wants to he wants to reconcile with his family, is what he's saying. He wants to make okay. a man, you know, yeah, is what he's saying. So, and plus so, the Fox money, he can afford he can afford to let WFAN go. Right, so. and so the Utah Jazz will have over the air TV for uh, jazz games uh, with Sinclair Broadcasting. Unless the deal, but also uh, you know they'll get some more. Uh, they could do some more streaming with it down the road. And Sinclair, it's ironic because Sinclair owns Diamond Sports that's having all these financial problems with the regional uh, networks. But for their TV stations, they ponied up the money to get the jazz. Yep. Technically a separate division because Diamond Sports, they put it under another. It, they put it under the Diamond Sports name for the Valley Sports stuff. But, yeah, it, it is ironic because at and Utah was an AT&T Sportsnet affiliate. And AT&T Sports, they eventually want to shut those down when all their deals expire because they did not go in the Warner Brothers Discovery, uh, you know, the sale to w, Warner Brothers Discovery because they didn't want them. So, yeah. yeah, a little sad news, too. Dick Vitale is having more vocal cord issues, and he will. Uh, he's uh, going to have to have a couple uh-huh. of surgeries, so I'm not sure what's going to happen with him and whether it's cancer-related or just uh, something else. But that is a sad bit of news as, uh, you know, he did make quite a comeback last year and was able to do a few games. So it's, uh, this may be the end of the line for Dick on TV. Hope not, but anyway. He maybe should have taken that offer uh, to yeah, do to some NCAA yeah. games. Yeah. And Sean, why don't you just tell this story about Norm Hitchcock? Let people know who Norm- he is and what the deal is with him this week. Yeah, a lot of people are familiar with Norm Hitzkiss, especially, but if you don't, Norm Hitzkiss, longtime Dallas-Fort Worth sports radio and a little bit of TV personality, 48 years in one market. He started out doing, and he retired Friday was his last day and at the ticket. He started out doing a one-hour show on the, pub, the NPR station, KERA in Dallas, and then it grew, got popular. WBAP had him for a while. He left. He also he did a show. It's now Fox or Valley Sports Southwest, but it was Home Sports Entertainment. He did a, a call-in show when that first started in Dallas. And then KLIF, you know, KLIF went talk in '86. They were country for a little while, and they did something very unique. They put on the talk station, they put sports talk as their morning show. So that was kind of a, a risk. You know, usually back then sports was. Sports talk was at late afternoon, the four to seven, or generally it was in the evening. But they went with him six to nine. He was there until 2000. They had acquired the ticket. Uh, Susquehanna bought the ticket in the late 90s, and eventually they moved him there. He was there for 23 years, and he did Ranger home games, and he he did the for 18 years. He did the Cowboy post game show on the ticket, and you know, like I said, he he was a legend around the area. A lot of people respected by a lot of different people on all things radio about a year, year and a half ago, I think they featured, we featured uh, Norm Hitchkiss forever, but yeah, he was a class guy and he just, you know, a lot of, you know, when you see a guy in one market that long, especially a big market like Dallas and grew, and he went through all the heydays of the Tom Landry, the, Stallback, then into the Jerry and Jimmy stuff with the Cowboys, and the debacle, and then the growth of the Mavericks, and then the Rangers. I mean, all the stuff he's covered in 48 years, the SMU scandal. So, yeah, but he retired Friday. So, 
Okay. Right. So, uh, so now, uh, Sean, you had a topic that you wanted to bring Chris, up. Just Chris, before, uh, Chris, before okay. you do that, uh, yeah. there is some breaking news out of the NASCAR world. Oh, is, yeah. I, I need and that. it is, yeah. uh, I don't think you've heard this one. It is this. Um, Jimmy Johnson's in-laws and nephew have all been found dead in Oklahoma, and Johnson will not race this weekend. And oh, they my are, gosh. What they, happened? They are... Well, they are looking at it. They are suspecting. They're not saying 100%. This is what I wanted to talk about, but I wasn't quite sure on the whole detail on that part. I wasn't sure who it was, but they are expecting possibly a murder, a murder suicide is what what they're what the police are suspecting. But they're not saying 100% that that is what it is. So I just want to just want to clarify this. Not yeah, 100%. And I, and I just got it notified from a couple of sources a couple of minutes ago. Otherwise, I'd have said it before now. But yeah, you yeah, kind of like to hour ago. Yeah, you kind of yeah. like to. Confirm Confirm some of the some things before you actually say it. So yeah, yeah. Our NASCAR guy was on our local station, but yeah, he he was on talking about it, but I didn't catch who exactly it was. That's why I didn't go and report it until you did. Right. And callers, we have about six minutes, so if you want to get in, uh, this is your time to get in. And uh, Sean, you had a topic that you wanted to bring up about we have a writer strike going on. It seems to be no signs of it ending, and that means there's less prime time programming available for the networks. And you said that when this happened in like oh seven oh eight, the sports kind of stepped in and filled in some of those well, gaps. Yep. Yeah, because I remember it. Well, it started then because in oh eight they were scrambling. It was a long writer strike, and then so. And it really started at first with college football, because if you remember before then, you saw college football in the prime time on uh, ESPN and Turner and FX and all those. But you didn't see many ABC or CBS or Fox. Well, Fox was just getting into college football in 06 and 07 because they had the BCS. But ABC and Fox had to go get some Saturday night programming. Here came college football jumping right on in. I mean, ratings, ratings, and it was like it was helping because they were losing. They were going to be losing so much money, and then you know, Sunday night football had really they had moved over to Sunday night with NBC. It had taken off uh, shortly after that. Even after the writer strike settled, Fox moved their baseball from the afternoon. They moved it to a prime time uh, slot, the seven fifteen Eastern for their regional. You saw more NASCAR races at night. Then around what twenty fourteen is when the NBA decided they were going to put the Saturday primetime and even NHL. And then you see more college basketball than, you know, it's like, and so with this writer strike, we always talk about sports and streaming and what's going to happen because these networks, and this time it's not only going to affect the networks, it's affecting because TV shows that are streaming TV shows, it's affecting them because they're like, do we want to put money into this show or, we need to get some. We need to get some games like an Amazon, who I think has it done well, or Peacock's going to be doing stuff, and with the network. So it's something, something to watch out for if this writer strike goes on very long. Start watching your sport in the fall and winter, and see how much primetime network and streaming, and how much more network and streaming uh, sports we're going to get. Yeah, well, you, you figure sports is the ultimate reality show. And yeah, CBS oh, yeah. had a whole extra Big Brother that year because there was no, you know, so they did a full-fledged Big Brother like it was a, a winter Big Brother, same as a, a full-fledged season. So, you know, it, 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 uh, you can do other things like that. And sports, you know, you can do the college football in the fall and then you can do hockey and basketball in the, in the, in the winter in, on yep. ABC, Nat, you know, NASCAR. NASCAR. Yeah, so uh, that's right on Fox. Listen, and, they're going to yeah. get helped out by the Olympics this year too. Well, next right. that's next year. 
Oh yeah, that's next that, in twenty. That's next summer. But yeah, but the winter. If, no, that's right. The winter Olympics will be twenty six because they're the yeah, opposite if, of the two years. If the strike goes on, though, they will definitely. NBC will definitely get help out with the Olympics. <laughs> but December, November, yeah. December of twenty four. So that'll be a long strike if it does. Yeah, it'll be a long, long strike. But yeah, it'll be it'll be. It's just something something to watch. I thought about it because yeah, like I said, NBC brought back American Gladiators and it was Hulk Hogan and Layla Ali. That was kind of a. I thought about that when I was. I thought about it when I was watching the American Gladiators documentary. That's what got me thinking about how sports jumped in the last time. Callers, you have about a minute. If you have something you guys want to get in, raise your hand now because this is your time. Other right, something that you not- you want to predict for when we come back July 18th. What will we be we be talking about? What is your will? Will some conference will will the Big Ten chain trade teams again with the Pac-12 or something? You know, it's something like that. Yeah. It always happens when we're gone. Oh. It, the, the big stuff always happens when we're gone. Hold on, guys. So. We have a caller, uh, Don. Uh, who can unmute whenever they want to? If they want to talk sports for very, very quickly, uh, go ahead and unmute. Yeah. Uh, before I predict anything, tell me okay. the name of the show and what time it starts, please. Uh, sports Lounge Live, and we start at th- uh, four o'clock Eastern time. We're an hour before book talk. So yeah, because I didn't know about the show, and I have right. my own sports podcast, and I, I, I'm a Yes, but another one. Okay, so oh, there goes sing along with me. Um, <laughs> what's Don? What sports do you like? Uh, baseball and women's basketball and boxing. Who what's left of it? Yeah, sad. It's sad what's happened to boxing. Well, mm-hmm. uh, I I uh, work on a boxing podcast. And oh yeah, we've got quite a bit of boxing uh, throughout yep. the week. So. Jerry, if you want to unmute really quickly, we could take you. So if you want to unmute real fast, I like, okay, oh, I'm go here. Jerry. I like. I liked yep. what I liked what Crystal Tang said about it after the war. He uh, he was surprised his wife would let him go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know uh, they've got to they, the Penguins got to do something, Jerry. They got these old guys, and that's about all they got. So they got to they got to retool here a little bit. Yep. Well, have a great fourth, everybody. Yeah, you too, yes, Jerry. Everybody... We'll be talking to you, of course. And yep. we ha- we did go a little bit over, guys. So everybody have a great fourth, and we'll be back on the 18th. Remember at 4 p.m. Eastern. So until then, we'll see you then. See.